Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Steve Albers. Steve is the founder of Center Ice Brewery, a hockey-themed brewery and bar which provides an authentic experience for both craft beer enthusiasts and the hockey-loving community. And you are also a vlogger, Steve. I am. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So we have some friends in common that were, they just, they kept talking about you and talking about you and you got to meet them. You got to meet them. So here you are. I get to meet you today. Well, I've heard the same about you. So this oh, is. Hooray. I know. It's exciting. <laughs> so tell me. Um, all right. So you, you took two of your favorite things, I'm guessing. You got Beer you got mm-hmm. and hockey and said, let's marry this and let's make a business. Absolutely. How did you get started in the whole beer thing? So in 2008, I was at Webster University, and during that period, I realized I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Just didn't know what, and uh, when I graduated college in 2009, I bought a house, and I had a career in banking and that sort of thing, but in 2010, I started homebrewing. And the very first batch of homebrew, I was like, this is it, entrepreneurship and craft beer. So I guess you did good your first time around. The first batch actually turned out tolerable. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the best beer in the world, but it was good. And gotcha. whenever, whenever I first cracked that first bottle, it was like, we made beer. Like, what? what? I did this. <laughs> I know. Awesomeness. And, and during that time, that's when InBev took over AB, Four Hands, Urban Chestnut, um, Perennial, Civil Life, all these great breweries are opening in St. Louis. And I fell in love with their stories and those people. And I was, I, I, I have to figure out a way to get in this industry. And how do you, I mean, to, I, I can't imagine. So I brew kombucha. I don't know if you know what that I is. Do. But I look at it and think, how would I ever scale this up? Like, did was that a big question? How do I scale up from, I made a few beers for my friends and I to, to try out to, ooh, I have to serve a lot of people showing up. Now, what was what was the thing that you mentioned before we started this podcast? It was shoot, ready, aim. No, fire, fire, ready, aim. Fire, yeah. ready, aim. So did you fire? I just fired. Okay, And that gotcha. was, so from 2010 to 2016, that was just writing a business plan, looking for investors, looking for a location, uh, just a six-year grind just to make it happen. Gotcha. Then... In 2016, we signed a lease where we're at currently, which is right next door to Pappy's down in Midtown. Okay, in Slough, I got gotcha. Down by SLU. And we signed the lease in August of 2016, and we opened our doors in July of 2017. So August of 2016 to July of 2017 was just construction phase. Then a little bit of a mix, like you mentioned there, was how are we going to scale 10 gallons to 210 gallons? Right. I mean, right. a 21X, right? And then we've got tanks that are 420 gallons about. And so to do double batches, which is essentially 14 barrels. So it was it was crazy. Um, by the grace of God, Denny Foster and Dave Oldman from, uh, Denny's the owner of Main and Mill Brewery and Dave's the head brewer over at Square One Brewery. Both of oh, those two cool. came in and just gave me every piece of advice that I needed to get going. And essentially Dave trained me on the twice, the first two batches. And then Denny came in on the third batch. And then I was on my own. Oh my gosh. How awesome. So we went from 10 gallons to 210 gallons pretty quickly. And it was, it was intense. I mean, it was every emotion possible, right? It was exciting. It was intense. It was scary. It was stressful. Welcome to entrepreneurship. Every day. (laughs) Why do we do this to ourselves? But we're weirdly, we love it. We're built different, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. There's something about stressing yourself out to the max. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, oh, yeah, let's do more of that. But it's also living life to the fullest, though, right? Right. And living on your own terms, which I think is a big thing. I agree. Um, I, I did the corporate world for a while. I didn't get along with it. Go figure. And uh, I just, it just, to me, I didn't, I felt like, I don't need you babysitting me to tell me what time to come to work and what time to, this makes me crazy. You know, I just want to do my own thing. My issue with it was, I felt like a number. I didn't feel like a person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually had a, I actually had a boss that said that to me one time too. He's like, you know, we're all dispensable. I'm like, hmm, that's such a wonderful and awesome thought. I love working for you. Right. (laughs) I think I'm going to go away now, you know, so. But also I think if I didn't experience that, I wouldn't appreciate what I have now. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's reasons for what we do. So is there a brew that you just love, love? Like, it, it, do you have a favorite? Do you call them all hockey names? Some, some yes, some no. Okay. Um, I, I have a port. So from 2010 to 2015, I did like 1,200 gallons of beer, of homebrew, 10 gallons at a time. So a lot of homebrew. So I've got 30 recipes Ooh. that we're working on scaling up. Awesome. And so our flagship is our Center Ice American Golden. It's an Americanized Kolsch is the best way to describe it. So Kolsch? Kolsch. Is that yeah, with a K? It is. All right. K-O-L-S-C-H. Kolsch. I like it. So the German Kolsch recipe is uh, is designed to have German heritage. And so I kind of put American ingredients mixed in with that because I'm a big fan of both the style of an American golden ale and a German Kolsch. So I kind okay. of blended the two. Oh, cool. And we use a Kolsch yeast strand. And uh, it's this nice, bright, clean, crisp, easy drinking, crushable beer. Awesome. So that's our main flagship. We sell that of like three to four to one of everything else. But then we have IPAs and stouts and, you know, kind of the the full gamut. Uh, to answer your question about the hockey thing, you know, we have the Hop Shelf IPA. Okay. So, gotcha. Uh, we have the Puck of the Irish Stout. So we've got a couple <laughs> of hockey things there. But uh, my, my firstborn was born on New Year's Eve, and we named him Nash after my wife's maiden name and her family. Oh, cool. And so on his first birthday, December 31st of 2014... I was homebrewing and I decided to make a beer for his birthday. Aww. And so we did a champagne inspired beer and we really? call it Nash Year's Eve. Yeah. So it's an imperial blonde ale refermented with white grape juice and champagne yeast. Ooh, that and it sounds clock, fancy. It clocks in at 12%. So it's, it's, it's it'll a, get you. It's a happy beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Not too many for happy hour because you will be overly happy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, if I put it in front of you, you would have never guessed that it's 12%. I mean, wow. it just doesn't drink like 12%. Super smooth. Yeah. So, and, and then tell me about, I mean, what does it look like? Like, do you have hockey sticks everywhere and hockey jerseys? And have, did you collect these things over the years? I or? think the, the, probably the, the greatest thing that we have at the brewery itself, other than the equipment, is we have the old arena wood. Really? When they demoed it in 1999, there was a gentleman by the name of Roger Branson that went in there and bought three tractor trailer loads of just the demo. Really? And so uh, I've got a buddy named Bill Newberry that's kind of been all along this journey with me. And he, he said to me back in 2011, when I met him, he said, when you raise your money to open your brewery, I can connect you to this guy. And so in 2000, I guess it was 16, I actually vlogged this. Uh, we went out to Bourbon, Missouri and we looked at the wood and, you know, we talked to Roger and kind of explained, you know, what I was doing. And he's like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. Cause he was just holding on to it for kind of a repurpose and a, you know, kind of a rainy day. And right. he didn't want to just sell it to, to somebody to, you know, build a house out of it or something right. like that. He, it was too nostalgic. And 
So we have, we built our bar top, our tabletops, and then a wall out of the old arena wood. And so all that wood's from 1929. It's, sal- it's salvaged, it's reclaimed, it's, it's beautiful. So, That's so cool. So some St. Louis history going on there. St. Louis history, hockey history. And it like holds, it holds that energy. And we have, we have a window from the old arena. We have seats from the old arena. We actually have the penalty box door from the old arena. So really? We, we actually built a penalty box in the brewery. Is that for the bad customers? It is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you had too much of that happy beer. Yeah. Go in the penalty too box. Too much Nash. Go get in the box. But we turned that penalty box into a photo booth. So everybody pops in there and takes pictures. And so that's kind of fun. That is so fun. I love it. And how long has the brewery been around then? We just opened in July of 2017. Oh my so gosh. Seven months. You're like a baby brewery. We are a baby. But you have tons of, I mean, you've, you're like a thing. There's people showing up every day. Rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, That's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, thank God or else I wouldn't be, you know. <laughs> or else you wouldn't be this happy right now. Uh-huh. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Steve. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Steve Albers. And we are back with Steve Albers. Okay, so we were talking about you don't have a menu, but you're right by Pappy. So go get barbecue and come over and have beer. That's B- a great. I love that. BYOF. I love it. I love it. Talk about your vlogging. Okay, we have to talk about this because this fascinates me. One that you edit video every single day. We were talking before about that's a lot of work to edit. So you are taking, you have documentation of like your entire days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a there's a theory from Gary Vaynerchuk of kind of just document the journey. You know, imagine, you know, how cool it would have been to see Steven Tyler before Aerosmith, right? right. Not that I'm Steven Tyler, but it's you still that so theory. You so have that vibe. <laughs> Are you going to sing later? No, okay. absolutely not. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. I'm just setting myself up. You know, sure. like, wish I'd give him singing time? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> and so uh, from... Studying Gary Vaynerchuk is a very successful entrepreneur. I came across Casey Neistat and Casey Neistat and I guess it was 2014 or 15 started vlogging and I fell in love with him and his storytelling and his cinematography and he's a filmmaker by trade and he you know went all in on YouTube and is pretty much the godfather of YouTube right now. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Really? Okay. And so by taking that sort of documenting the journey theory along with practicing on becoming a filmmaker, that's what I'm doing. And so in 2016, I picked up the camera and said, you know what, I'm going to do this with my phone and iMovie and my Mac and said, let's, let's start. And so I did 300 videos in 300 days. And then we had our second born, which is Franklin and uh, beautiful baby, just love him to death. And, but what happened was, is that really threw a wrench into my schedule for vlogging because you have to really, if you want to be ahead of the curve, you have to wake up at four or 5 a.m., edit till about 8 a.m., and then go shoot the rest of the day. So when the baby was born, my schedule just got out of whack. And so I kind of like shotgun vlogged for a little bit, you know, every every chance I got. Right. Uh, so I did another 125 or 30 or something like that. So I've got 425-ish videos out there. And I just started daily vlogging again two weeks ago. So this is vlog 14, 15. Oh my gosh. I'm honored to be a part of your vlog. Oh, thank you. I'm honored <laughs> to be on your podcast. That is so fun. So for your, I mean, this is going to be kind of cool for your kids, right? There's so many benefits to do it that it's a lot of work, but there, you know, it's, 
you know, how cool is it? Not only my kids, but my grandkids, my great grandkids, because this is going to be around forever. Right. You know, how cool would that have been to see your great grandpa, grandma? Exactly. Because you you don't really have a sense of them. Like, you know, like I, so we, you know, my dad did the home movies thing, but this was before you could, there was no sound, you know, I mean, terrible quality, the whole thing, but it was so much fun as an adult to like see yourself walking around as a little kid. I can't imagine hearing you talk and I mean, just like, really getting a sense of your entire life. That's really wild. That's pretty special. I mean, you've got to wonder what that's going to be like for them or how it's going to enhance their life or change the way that they are because I've, well, I've been a star all my life, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I've been a star since the get-go. Yeah. I love it. So do they go back and watch? Do you let them watch themselves? Do oh, yeah. They, is it like one of their favorite things yeah, to do? Yeah, I think that the challenge is I don't want to constantly have them growing up with a camera in their face. Well, right. So no, no, no. But even just not. just the other day, with Nash was like, I want to be in the camera, you know, and so it's, <laughs> but yeah, they and of those 300 videos and 300 days that I did, a lot of it was just Nash growing up, and that was before Franklin, and it was right around that time, too. Actually, at that time, I had quit my day job to pursue entrepreneurship full-time. So I had a lot of material of just me and an 18-month-old running around town, looking at locations, trying to raise capital, you know, going to the zoo. So is Nash going to have more play? Because like this happens in families all the time, right? Where it's like the first kid's like, there's like a thousand photographs and then there's none of me as the second kid, you know? So is Franklin going to be like, what? Dad, what? He's got a lot. Oh, he does. Okay. Let's make sure. We just want to make sure we're balanced. And that's fair. (laughs) <laughs> the poor second kid and third kid, right? Like I've heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Tom, what is your, I mean, do you have a favorite moment that is on your vlog? Do you oh, have gosh. some favorites that you look at and think, yeah. for sure go watch this one, or this was a really profound thing that happened? Yeah, so the uh, whenever I announced the grand opening for the brewery, I had all this material. So I really spent a lot of time cutting the story together of documenting that journey. And I'll watch it today and still kind of get chills. Aww. And so that one's really special to me. That one's on our website, just on the homepage is com. And when you scroll down, it's the grand opening announcement. It's like a two, three minute video. And then uh, whenever we did our gender reveal for Franklin, mm-hmm. uh, I worked with a videographer friend of mine who helped me shoot this. And what we did is we went to the ice rink. And I, since I play a lot of ice hockey, we did a, I had this idea of doing this gender reveal video hockey theme where we filled water balloons with the dye of blue or pink. So I knew what it was. It wasn't a surprise to me. But, but still, to, that's cool. And so we tied the water balloon to the crossbar, and then I skated down the ice, and I stopped kind of in the slot, and I take a slap shot, and I hit the balloon, and then it shows the color. <gasps> Someone special. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask, I was like, well, how did you do? Because the cake, I know the cake one, yeah. but that's, I have not heard of that one. Yeah. See, this could be a whole other business for you. It really could. Gender, re- gender reveal. Well, and since With then, Steve. I've seen I've seen multiple hockey gender reveals that are just different. Like, oh, in fact, cool. an NHLer did one the other day where he took a slap shot and the puck blew up, and that was the color, and it, it was pink, and it was a girl, and that was kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. I love it. And it's fun, isn't it? So, in uh, all, with 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 the when you, I mean, you spend four hours a day editing. Am I getting this? Yeah. 
I mean, I spent a good solid three and a half today and our mutual friend, Josh Levy, he's yeah. the one who really uh, kind of sparked me to get back to daily. And he initially got me going of like, look, you only have time for one hour edits and just, just, just do right. Like stop trying to make, stop right. raising the bar so high that you're not doing it. Right. And so now I'm 14 days in and I'm starting to raise the bar again and get longer. Well, edits, you don't want to do the perfection thing because perfe- it'll never happen. It's true. Yeah. But I, I mean, also have, I also really want to pump out a good story and a, you know, good quality video that I'm proud of. Right, but you'll, 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 yeah. you're there. You're getting there. I, I, I want to go watch a bunch of these videos. Yeah. I think that's going to be fun. Well, so what else? Do, go ahead. Yeah, you were going to say so something. The, so we talked a lot about the personal benefits of the vlogging, but the business benefits of it is, you know, between Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube, those are the five most underpriced attention platforms to, to get your message out. Right. And so what I've primarily done is targeted this these vlogs on Facebook and utilize that audience. Oh. And so there's so many different, uh, I guess you could say case studies now of doing this vlog, whenever I signed the lease for the building for the brewery, the, the traditional media was already all over it. They had all the material they needed to get the story without even interviewing me. Exactly. And so that only amplified more attention to us. So that was huge. And when I, from doing these 400 videos, our grand opening, we had 2,000 people there for our grand opening over that wow. weekend. I mean, it was crazy. Because you had people, you'd already built your platform, yep. which is, so that is a tough thing for entrepreneurs to understand yep. that you ha- you should be building your platform before you do the thing yep. before you yeah document yeah. the journey that's awesome and oh my gosh the uh the the main attribute to doing that is that now i'm kind of it's almost like season three of the vlog for me okay the first one was learning the second one was, was the center i show and it was kind of documenting the story of behind the scenes of the construction and the build out now i'm trying to pay it forward of everything i've learned the 14 vlogs i've done there's how to write a business plan how to start vlogging how to you know, kind of get into that. So that's awesome, and that's that's more so where I'm going in the future of this vlog is trying to help entrepreneurs, sales professionals, philanthropists. You know, anybody that's trying to build an audience on social. And do you do you also film the people at Center Ice Brewery? So do mm-hmm. they like have to sign a thing saying, "Yeah, you can put me on camera"? Or is it just known? It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a gray area, right? Yeah, like, no, it so, is. And I don't do actually, I, I don't it. do a lot of filming at the brewery just okay. because of that. Um, but the other thing that we're doing is like my head brewer, Bill, he's actually going to start vlogging here soon. So you're going to get to see the technical side of oh, commercial cool. brewing and, you know, he's, he can really geek out over, and that's a good thing, like geek out over right. fermentation and, you know, all the science that goes along with brewing that I think people will gravitate towards. And so um, I'm kind of using my platform that that I've built and teaching him and taking him under my wing to get him going. So that way, so we'll start together and then he'll branch off and go off on his own. And so that's so fun. Anybody within our team is that has the option to do it and I'll coach them on it. So, and that's, I think it's really important when you share what we call the secret sauce, sharing your secret sauce. How many people are really going to start their own brewery, but those that do, will be so thankful that you shared this information with them. I'll vouch for that. I attribute that to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, very successful entrepreneur. Everything that I, not everything, but a lot that I've learned has come from just that one person. Right. And so, you know, he has a company that does $150 million a year in sales. Like my thought is maybe I should listen. Maybe listen to that guy. (laughs) He might know what he's talking about. Exactly. Awesome, Steve. Well, we're going to take another quick break and we will be right back. Awesome.
And we are back with Steve Albers. It's question time. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, okay, well, so you kept talking about Gary V. Yeah. All right. And so what is, do you feel like, what was the most profound lesson you think you got from him that you just, that like rings in your brain? Yeah, man, that's a great question. I, I, I guess I'd have to attribute it to crush it of just, if you really, really do want to become an entrepreneur, you can, you know, through social media, right. just start blogging, you know, just start working 18 hours a day. And I, I think that's, if, if there's one thing, it's that. And then the second thing is his jabs and right hooks, the provide as much value as you can. And then when you have an audience, then ask your audience for help. Ah, so I think this is why, because lots of guys like Gary, mm-hmm. is it because of his language? No, he's like, I, he's like, crush it. You, the, the Jab thing, and hook. The thing about Gary that I think <laughs> resonates well with me is that it's just his character. Okay. I mean, I've consumed so much of his content that deep down he's got the most humility out of everyone. And he doesn't show that in his, you know, first upcoming, you know, gotcha. his, his, like his first impression is what I'm trying to say. And uh, so that that's once you kind of work through that, it's he's unbelievable. Does he, but does he, it, it, I feel like he makes you really look at yourself. 100%. Like, like it's like, let's have awareness. Let's really take a tough, hard look at ourselves and figure out what's our blocks yep. so that we keep moving forward. Self-awareness, work ethic. Yep. The skill, right? Being practical. I, I, you know what? If, if there's one thing, it's being practical. That's what really? it is. Yep. It's, you know, okay, so someone crashed in your car. Are you, you going to let it ruin your month? Right, right? No. Like, move on. Like, right. just be practical. Like, get a fix and move on. Like, Nobody, they didn't sit around going, I'm going to crash into your car right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've never quite understood that when people get all mad at each other, I'm like, it, it was an accident. Oh, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> breathe, please. He's got a great one for haters, right? So, everybody who's always wants to know how to handle haters on social media. And what he says verbatim, which really resonates well with me too, is that he's like, if they're that negative to go out into the, public and say something bad like i have empathy for them i'm, right. I'm thankful i'm not them yeah and i feel bad that you know and they make themselves look bad it's not like you have right? to help them along or do anything else you're just like well okay that's fine thanks whatever so there's i mean Move on. there's a lot that i mean i've consumed from him that just i could keep going because as we start talking more and more of these things come out and that's awesome yeah it's he's kind of like become a virtual coach for me Gotcha. And I actually got to meet him in 2000, I guess it was 15 or 16. Ooh. And he knows about the brewery and I sent him an email on grand opening day and he said, I'm pumped for you and congrats. And like, like, that's so cool. That's so he's t- down to earth. That's, I mean, he, he's, he's approachable. He's yeah, genuine. Right. He's, right. right? Exactly. Like he was sitting here, you know, 20 years ago. Right? That's like, awesome. So that's. Thanks Gary B. Yeah. We like you. Uh, all right. So this is, okay. Like, gosh, I've got so many questions. I, I always want to. I never know which one I really, really want to do. All right, well, we're going to talk hockey then. Cool. So do you have a favorite hockey moment? Ooh, yep. So I I guess I was like 10, and it was a roller hockey game down at Hockey Stop, and it was the championship game, and it was it went to a shootout, and the, the score was like 12 to 11, but or 12 to 12, and we went to overtime, and that didn't go, nobody scored, and then we went to a shootout, and... uh it came down to me. And so if I, if I scored, we won. If I didn't score, the shootout kept going, but I scored. And Good. It, it, just for, it, you know, like it being a 10-year-old and 
having all that pressure and then the, you know, the celebration that comes from that, right. you know, cause we've all had losses. We've all lost championships. And so you know what that feels like, but that was one that kind of stuck out for me. That's so cool. Yeah. 10 years old. Yeah. I love it. What, what, did, what, okay. I know nothing about hockey. Okay. So did, what position did you play? I played center. So I've always been a high energy kid, super, okay. you know, super high energy, always in trouble, ADHD, just because I can't sit still. Right. Right. And so my parents, uh, my dad specifically got me into hockey and I just, it was a perfect gateway for me just to get the energy out and it's fast paced and it has my attention and it's, you know, the thing I love about hockey specifically in business is that it's, you, you build a family, whether that's, you build a team and right. just that whole camaraderie and winning together and... You know, there's so many analogies that go back and forth between sports and business that that's where I'm channeling all my energy. And I knew, and I guess it was junior high, high school that I'm not going to the NHL. And I knew I wanted to get into business, didn't know what, but even as a kid, I was always wanting to be the captain of the hockey team. I've always been, a, I guess, a natural born leader. And right. now I have my own company. And so it's kind of come full circle. That's cool. Okay. So you have, as a parent, you have to be really dedicated because don't you practice at some crazy times? Yeah, so I play hockey. At, so much. I play hockey at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, so for me to play hockey, it's either really early or really late. Right. And really late, it's just not practical. And yeah, so yeah. really early is how it fits into my schedule. And I could skate five days a week if I wanted to, because there's uh, since there's limited ice time here in St. Louis, it's kind of right. hard to find uh, a skate. But luckily, I've been in the hockey community for so long, I've been able to meet quite a few people and get invited to skate with these guys. So I skate uh, right now. I skate Tuesdays and Fridays. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. And and so the kiddos, uh, that way it doesn't eat away from my time. Are the, the kiddos. kiddos gonna? Nash is already on skates. Oh, oh really? Yeah. He's been How on skates Nash? since he's four. He's been on skates since wow, one. Wow, <laughs> really? I mean, that was more so for the pictures and stuff. Like he, you know, didn't have the leg strength to skate. Right, but right. But the, the uh, yeah, he, we we were just at Kirkwood Ice Rink two weeks ago with my dad. This so we had three generations on the ice, which oh, was kind of cool. cool too. I love it. All right, so let's. This is my weird question. Ready for the weird one? Love it. <laughs> so. Let's say you're going to go play hockey and there is not a puck available. Okay. What should you use in place of the puck? Whatever you can find. Whatever. Yeah. Just you're playing hockey. Yeah. Oh, you're not. I mean. Donut. Would a donut work? No. It would, not it would not break. heavy enough. Yeah. A rock. Phone, phone they probably wouldn't want shoe, you to use. A shoe. A ball. I mean, there's got to be something there's, around. Yeah. You're going to find something. Here's a great have example. Have you ever used a weird puck? Like, you've, have you ever been without one? No. Do you carry them around with you? <laughs> like Happy Gilmore? <laughs> like, like, hey, you carry my, a puck around? I got my hockey puck. <laughs> so uh, I was playing pond hockey just a couple weeks ago when it was like super cold in January. Remember okay. how everybody was skating outside on these yep. ponds? And long story short, we didn't have a net, so we found a tire, and that was our net. So we like we put bags behind the tire, and you know we brought a puck, obviously. All right. And we played. It eventually became three on three, and we played and shot, you know, into a <laughs> into so a. So what I should have asked was, if you don't have a net, yeah. <laughs> see if I'd have known that story. No, yep. but there, it led us there, so that's it, awesome. You you find a way, right? That's right. So tell us more about the restaurant. I mean, I'm not the restaurant. I'm sorry, the bar. I mean, yeah. What kind of a crowd? Do, is it big during hockey season, Huge. or is it? I'm sure. And is it just big? It, Tell us. Yeah, so we uh, since we don't serve food, people can bring in their own food. And okay. uh, since we're right next door to Pappy's and Southern and Hugo's, we get a lot of people doing that. So that works out quite nice. Uh, we have a bar that sits about 90. And wow. yeah, so it's a good space. That's big. And we load it in for Blues games. And we have a free shuttle that goes to Blues games. So the big challenge with going to a Blues game is paying Where to park. Where am I going to park? Yep. And paying for it. Well, you can. we're only 1.3 miles from Scott Trade. 
So you can park at our place, come in, have a beer, jump on the free shuttle, go to the game. It drops you right out front in front of the main entrance at 14th and Clark. And then after the game, it takes you back to the brewery. Fun. So that's huge. And then uh, what's really special about our brewery is that we have we only have we built hockey boards around the perimeter, mm-hmm. so people can walk through the brewery and hang out and look at all the equipment. And it's all I mean, it's all there. So and then we also have a private room that sits about twenty to twenty five in the brewery as well. So oh, cool. for anybody that wants to do a birthday party or a corporate event or what have you know whatever we can do we can accommodate. That's awesome. So well, I love yeah. it. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, it's been a dream for a long time and now it's just a matter of let's grow it. Yeah, no kidding. Are you going to are you going to grow where you are? Or are you thinking about expanding as far as another location? So, so the big vision is to have 10 breweries in 10 hockey cities. Oh. So this would be cool. the only one here in St. Louis, but you know, center ice Nashville, Pittsburgh, Philly, New York, Boston, Chicago, Columbus, Toronto. I love it. Yeah, and then and then also have a sister company of a media company of a team of creators that we can take these ideas from these breweries, run them through the machine of creators, and create incredible content that hockey fans, local St. Louisans, beer geeks would want to see. Great job, Steve. Thank you. Well, my friends were right. I did need to meet you. Likewise. I have loved this. This is great. I th- appreciate you being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And everybody out there, uh, you have been listening to Mishmash. Come find us on iTunes. Talk to y'all later. Bye.